Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Freedom Talks. My name is Brady uh, with, uh, with you as always. And today I am, uh, it's a pleasure to have Dr. Ross Carter on the podcast with us. Uh, he is a regenerative nanoparticle and stem cell specialist, is currently the host of three shows, the Regenerative Warrior podcast, Biohacking Mental Health, and the South Florida Influencers. He's also a provider at the world famous Hippocrates Health Institute and is the author of three books, uh, the multi-million dollar business card, Dr. Stem Cell, and Inflammaging. Uh, Dr. Ross Carter, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so uh, as you heard and in, uh, in the introduction, Dr. Ross Carter is a, a very busy guy um, and, uh, and, and a, a leader kind of in the healthcare world. Um, I want to kind of start uh, with how you got into healthcare, um, sure. and then once you did that, you kind of seem to have created this uh, these stem cell procedures that have helped a lot of people. So, if you could kind of give us your medical background and where you came from, no problem. Yeah. Um, well, I originally got in in I was in alternative medicine back in '96. I actually graduated as a chiropractor. And I opened a practice in Atlanta for, uh, I was doing really, really well. Challenge is I, we were seeing only chiropractic type of patients and there was a lot more that people needed than just an adjustment. You know, we were helping a lot of back pain and neck pain and stuff, but um, I got really, um, I would say just not very, it wasn't exciting after a while. And I was like, we need to really do something more. I want to, I want to work with all these other providers to, to help patient. When patient comes in, typically they have different doctors for all their different things. Let's say they go to a psychiatrist and they're going to a, a pain management doctor, and maybe they're going to, a, you know, a physical therapist. I was like, you know what, why don't we do this? Why don't we do what's called an integrated office? So we took, I took the, I did, I took the practice and made it, it made it bigger. And then we brought in all the medical and we became an integrated office. So a patient would come to us for everything. They would do physical therapy. We would do chiropractic with them. We would do massage therapy. We had uh, pain management. We had a medical doctor, a nurse practitioner. Um, everything would all be under one roof. So the patient could just receive all the care. And so that was going really well for, for many years. We did that. And then, um, then it all changed when I wanted to go into specifically regenerative medicine. And that all happened because of an injury um, that I sustained. So when I was, uh, this is 10 years ago, actually, in 2011, um, I was 41 and I wanted to uh, do like activities and sports, recreational sports, like, you know, when you go out and you, you do these group activities, right? So you make friends and stuff. I was like, this is a great way. And they had a bunch of different options, like kick, a kickball was once, uh, softball, uh, uh, let's see, soccer, if I didn't say that one. Oh, and then there was something called uh, dodgeball. Do you remember dodgeball? Oh, yeah. 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 So. At the time, I thought, well, this sounds like fun, right? I loved dodgeball when I was a kid, right? And, you know, I was probably nine, but, you know, at, at that time, it was fun. And so I thought, hey, let's do dodgeball. And uh, so I joined a league. Um, it was weird because when I showed up at the, the first, whatever, our group 
because they just put us all together. We, I was like this. I was the senior. I was the senior. <laughs> Everybody else is twenty, and I'm forty-one. I was like, all right. Anyway, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna do what I got to do. I'm in great shape. You know, I'm. I'm. I work out all the time. I'm. I'm. I'm healthy. I'm like, I can keep up with these twenty-year-olds. Actually, I'm gonna put these. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show them how healthy I am. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so I started playing the game. Everything's going great. Uh, we lose every game. We sucked. Our our teammates were just terrible. And uh, then one game, I uh, I was throwing a ball. I went up through a ball and. And my knee collapsed, but I didn't know that. I just knew that I landed on my back and I'm like, what, you know, I'm looking around like what somebody hit me. Nobody hit me. I didn't slip. My knee collapsed. Now I never had an injury before. This is the first time my body had failed me. Right. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't even put any weight on it. You know, I thought maybe, you know, I just sprained it a little bit, but no, knew it was bad. Uh, so I, I hopped out got in my car. I was out. That was it for me for dodgeball. Um, come to find out what happened was I had fractured my leg. I tore my ACL. I don't know if you've ever dealt with ACL tears. Not good at all. No. So I was doing rehab. We had that rehab office. I had two actually. So I was doing rehab, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't fully restoring back to where it was. It was just always kind of weak and it was swelling. And Did so, you have it repaired? I'm sorry? Did you have it repaired? Surgery? Well, I, I went, I thought, well, I need to, I do need to get this fixed because okay. I can't walk around like this all the time. It was, I look stupid. So I literally, uh, I had a, I went to an orthopedist. I, I sent him my stuff and basically walked in and said, you got to have surgery. And I'm like, I was hoping for other options, right? I was like, maybe there's something else I don't know about. And, but there wasn't. They said, um, you need ACL repair. Uh, and we don't repair it. We just replace it. I'm like, okay. And what does that mean? And they said, well, we can do, we can take part of your hamstring, which I was like, oh, that sounds like a horrible idea. I, I like my hamstrings the way they are. Uh, or we could use cadaver tissue. And I was like, that sounds terrible too. Some dead tissue in my body. That sounded bad. So I was like, I don't like either one of those options. So I was like, uh, I, I, I literally just said, I'll think about it. And I'm thinking, I'm never coming back to this office, right? That was it for me. So that's when I started doing a whole lot more research. I was like, I got to find a solution. There had to be, what, what it was weird was there was, there was, there was a gap between physical therapy and surgery, right? There was, there had to be something here, I, but nobody knew of anything. That's when I learned about stem cell therapy when I was doing research that was out of Thailand. And they were saying they could use some stem cells of some kind and fix these problems. And I'm like, you know, I was like, you know, skeptical. I'm very skeptical to begin with, you know, I am like, you know, show me kind of thing. Anyway, so, so I was reading about it. It sounded too good to be true. And then I was like, you know what? And it was coming to the end of the year and uh, our business usually slows down during Christmas and Thanksgiving. So I'm like, you know what? If I, I'm going to go to Thailand, I'm going to stay there a long time. So I wanted, I, so I went for three months. I flew over there, went to this clinic, and what they were doing was they were taking bone marrow out of the hip, taking out, they were spinning down the cells or cleaning it, and they would take out the stem cells and they were injecting it into problematic areas. And it was like back pain and knees and shoulders. And I was talking to all these people that were in these clinics because I said, hey, this is what I'm here and blah, blah, blah. 
And so I got to talk to all these people and I mean, they were getting some really fantastic results. It was impressive. So I was like, man, there's a solution. I couldn't believe it. So there was something that was missing between physical therapy and, and surgery. It's stem cell. So to make a short, a long story shorter, I basically, uh, when I, 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 I learned about it there, but I didn't want to do it there because it's so far away. Came back to the States. I did something called placental derived tissue, which means I didn't even have to have surgery. They injected my knee and I can't believe what happened was a month later, about a month, I would say my knee was back to normal. I was like what I was before the injury without having surgery. Right now it's been 10 years, no surgery. I just ran five miles, 5.5 miles to this morning. I mean, there is no problem in my knee, none. Uh, so, so I, I did that. It fixed the problem. And then I was like, this is incredible. This is life-changing. Forget all the chiropractic, forget all the other pain management, forget all that. We are going to be a stem cell regenerative medicine center only. And so that's what I did. I did. I converted my office and that's all we did for, I don't know how many, eight years or so. And that's it. We would just do stem cell regenerative procedures. That's nothing else. And I went and got a fellowship in, uh, in stem cell therapy, which took me an additional year. So I got, I got a lot of training. I got a, um, uh, a doctor in, in uh, indigenous medicine, just gave me all these uh, ability to, to do all the things that I was doing. So that's what got me involved in, in, in regenerative medicine in the first place was my own, you know, people, they, they either go after something because of inspiration or desperation. And mine was clearly desperation. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it seems like even in the physical therapy world, like as, as boring as it and repetitive as it seems, everybody seems to have at some point a experience with the profession where uh, it influenced them to uh, pursue that career um, yeah. And it's normally some kind of injury and some kind of recovery story, um, just like yours. Um, maybe not as miraculous, considering it's an ACL, um, yeah. which is which is crazy um, to think about. You know how far science has come that you have the ability to do that and you can avoid surgery. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so it's not even science that discovered this. This is naturally in our own bodies. That's sure. crazy. We're just doing recycling, really. You know, so yeah, so I mean, if you want to get in a little bit of that for our listeners, just in terms of you know what what ultimately is the procedure, and you kind of answered for me one of my questions, which where does the stem cell therapy fit in kind of the orthopedic care spectrum? Like you said, oh, it right in between physical and, and surgery, physical therapy and surgery, and um, well, that- it, yeah, it 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 fits wonderfully with surgery. I mean, if you're gonna, you know. A lot of conditions, there's limitations of matter. I mean, you can't heal certain things. So if you've got a torn rotator cuff or something that's just ripped off or something, you've got to have surgery. There's no, there's nothing else you can do. But these procedures work great in repair and regeneration when you, when you, after the surgery's done, you, you've got, they've got to repair, you know, their body has to accept it and start the repair process. This is a stimulant to help people speed up that process and get better results. So I would say every orthopedist should be using something. Uh, let's say uh, you could use uh, different procedures that help with inflammation, take down the inflammation or other procedures that are more primarily stimulate uh, tissue 
um, growth. So, you know, it really depends on what's going on or both. So that's where these nanoparticle procedures come into play is using these in combination with your other therapies is really the key to, you know, getting the best results. So that's that it works great with physical therapy. Of course, it works great with surgery. Um, you know, obviously it'd be better to avoid surgery if possible, but if, if you can't, then, then you got to do what you got to do. I mean, that's, that's life. So, you know, like I said, there's limitations, you know, it's a, some people told me like, uh, I remember somebody said something about stem cells, you know, how miraculous they are. And I'm like, well, they are, but you have, you have to do work too. You know, you can't, when I would work on somebody's knee, for example, and they were overweight, they didn't exercise, they didn't eat right. They didn't get good sleep. They were doing crap. They're eating crap. I'm like, you know, there's going to be a limitation to what these things are going to be able to perform in you because your body is unhealthy. And I use this analogy of like, look, I could give stem cells to a dead person. Not a thing is going to happen. Nothing. So it's it, you have to be healthy yourself to 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 implement this. Otherwise, it's it's pointless. It's just it's a bad idea. You know, you need to we have to have a foundation for health. You know, if you're not exercising, you know, that's not good. If you're, you know, 50 pound obese, overweight, that's not going to help things. You know, I, I can't fix the knee when I've got all these other factors uh, against me. The patients that get the best results are the ones that care about what they do. They take the nutrition, they eat well, they, they exercise, they take care of themselves. They get re great responses. The ones that don't get responses uh, are, are the people that are overweight, that they're, they're, they just never take care of themselves and they want the magic pill. Well, the magic pill doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah. So one, one of the really interesting things, just having this conversation just at the beginning here is that um, what you've kind of been, I think, alluding to is kind of not only does the person have to be healthy and, and physically, Absolutely. mentally ready to go, all that kind of things. But, um, you know, overall, everybody that I've talked to, all the other guests that I've had on the show, uh, the ones that are, even if they're talking about getting your knee better, or if they're talking about reducing the cost of healthcare, all of those things, um, what it really comes down to is kind of the preventative things that you can do. But along with that, having kind of your uh, personal environment of the proper healthcare providers, fitness and nutrition providers to kind of help you be healthy. And, and by doing that, you can know, we can reduce healthcare, we can keep the general populace more, uh, you know, living longer and feeling better and doing the things that they want to do. Um, and I think that is just, uh, it's an interesting tidbit that we always seem to come back to on this podcast. And um, you're just kind of reinforcing that. And so, you know, for, uh, again, for the listeners and the education of this, can you kind of uh, explain, you know, the process that goes on when you inject the stem cells and what's happening yeah. in the joint or the body part that you're working on? Yeah. Okay. So here's a, most people don't know this. I didn't know this either. When I started, I, I, here's what I thought, and this is what a lot of people think. Uh, we take a stem cell product from either your own body. You, you can get, the, the primary areas that people get stem cells from are your bone marrow, your fat tissue, or you get it from somebody's placental tissue. 
after a baby's been born, the placenta is there. So you can get it from the amniotic fluid. You can get it from the warden's jelly, all that. But that's really just the placental stuff. All right. So those are your primary sources of stem cell. Now you can get them from other places, but I'm just going over the, the base levels. Those are where you get the stem cells from. Uh, now, the way a stem cell works naturally in your body and is different than when you transplant it from one area or somebody else to your own body. Let me explain. Our body has regenerative areas. They're called niches all throughout your body. For example, you have chondrocytes that are creating cartilage in your knee, but that cartilage is different than the cartilage that's in your ear, for example. All right. So those aren't the same. So it would it take, it does make cartilage, but not the same kind. So there are different things that are happening in different areas. So when you take bone marrow from your, your pelvis and you stick it in your knee, that's not, it was there to create mainly, those are mostly hematopoietic cells. There are some NMSCs in there, but hematopoietic cells are there to make blood, right? That's why you have that. So when you're doing a transplant, it's different. So what we thought when I first started this 10 years ago is when I injected, I, let's say I took some Wharton's jelly placental derived cells and I injected those into my knee. What I thought was happening is that the cartilage, that those cells would go in there and they would create new tissue. That's what I thought. I thought the stem cells themselves were actually making the new cartilage. Okay. Right. And a lot of people still think that. And what we found out, that's not what happens. What happens is this, when you transplant cells from one area to another area, they don't work the same way. What they do, especially let's say uh, these mesenchymal stem cells, which is the old term for MSCs, uh, they're really medicinal signaling cells from Dr. Kaplan who created those names. Anyway, so when we transplant them in there, what they do is they stimulate your own regenerative cells in that area to go to work and they modulate the immune system. So they'll usually take down the swelling or inflammation. Every time you have damage in your body, there, that is a stem cell mediated event that is going on to repair that area. So what happens is these, these cells that you've injected or put there, they decrease and modulate the immune system, decreasing that area, decreasing the inflammation. And then they, they survey what's going on. They're like a foreman at a construction site. They're looking around. There's like, okay, here's what needs to happen. So they get the blueprints. They tell the workers that are already there what to do. So they say, okay, you chondrocytes need to start to make con, uh, more cartilage. I, we need some blood vessel formation here. Uh, we need some uh, nerves. We need some uh, muscle tissue. All those things are started to be, these little signals get sent out to the various tissues. And then they do, they just follow in directions. They get recipes. They get the blueprints of what to do. They're like, okay, here's what we have to do today, right? We need to like some, uh, start the blood vessel formation. So they start that process. It's not the stem cells that are really doing the repair. They stimulate the repair, but it's through the signaling, what's, what's known as paracrine signaling, mm -hmm. where a cell is talking to another cell and it has this little tiny message it sends to the other cell. 
Well, like a text message. If I wanted to text you, I could text you. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, <laughs> how, how ironic. So anyway, I, it sends electronically. Well, our body doesn't do the electronic. It sends a bubble of information that's protected, and it sends the message back and forth from the cell, instructing the other cell what to do. So when we inject it in there, it stimulates the healing response of our own body. But only if that if our body is healthy enough to be able to repair it. Sometimes we have, uh, you know, too much damage where it doesn't get repaired. So that's the process of of how we're using these regenerative procedures to stimulate our repair. It is to stimulate the acceleration of our natural healing. And some, because a lot of times these repair cells are, are what's called dormant. They're basically dormant. They're not doing anything and we're waking them up. So one question I do have about um, just the, the entire industry of, of stem cell regenerative therapy because hell of an you know, industry, as, as, a, as a physical therapy company, right? Um, we've, we've had different stem cell places reach out, uh, different <laughs> shops have kind of popped up and some of them have, you know, different uh, ideas or procedures or ways to go about it. So I guess my question to you, you've had a lot of success, healed a lot of patients. So I would say, you know, there's a lot of evidence saying what you do works, right? Is there anything that as a patient, you should look out for in terms oh, yeah. of someone selling snake oil? Yeah. yeah. So there's good and bad in every profession. Okay. Let's just go with that. You know, sure. teachers, parents, I know that's not a profession, but you know, <laughs> teachers, hairstylists, you name it, uh, physical therapists, there's some bad ones too, right? You know, okay. So you're going to, you're going to have a bad, there, there's a lot of bad ones in this. Well, there's not, let me not say that. That's not necessarily true. There's bad ones in this field too. All right. So when you're talking about figuring out who to see or in what procedure to do, um, well, first of all, if I'm going to recommend a procedure, I would first recommend if you can use your own cells, do that. That would be ideal because number one, the chance of rejection is extremely low and you're using live cells from your body, hopefully. If you're too old, though, you know, and when I say too old, I mean, it can be in your, you can be around late 50s, 60s, they might not be very um, healthy, and you might not be able to. But my first option is always use bone marrow or, or adipose tissue cells from your own body as the first line, um, just because you know you're getting your own cells. There's actual live cells because they're not frozen. They, they take them from one area, they stick them in another, and then you get a pretty quick response. If you're too old to do that and they say, you know, your cells are probably not going to perform like you want, when you use in placental tissue, that's when I get worried. Because look, when I got involved in this field, I bought a machine, a device that actually could do cell counting. It looked at cells, whether they're alive and dead, how many there were. And these, these product companies that make these regenerative products, these placental, they would say one thing and then I would test it and it would, they would hardly ever agree. And, you know, so when you're using placental derived, you just, Unless you know that company like really well, I would not put my life in the hands of a company. I, I just, I'm not, I haven't been to their lab. 
you know, and, and no patients have, right? And so if I'm going to use placental, I want to make sure that the doctor has been to the laboratory that makes the cells that I'm using or makes whatever I'm using, whether it be uh, a stem cell based product like a, or a cushioning support or even amniotic fluid or exosomes. You want to make sure that the place that they're getting these things from, or at least the doctor that has gone there, at least evaluated it. There's never a way to really know if you're, if you're going to get quality products, there's just no, you just can't. So that's why I say, go for your own cells first, always until you get to the age where you can't use your own cells because of various problems, but you got to be careful of the placental derived uh, cell industry because it's, um, it's a mess. It really is. And so, uh, you know, whether or not uh, a patient is in your area or able to go to one of your um, clinics or Institute, are you just doing those? Are you still just practicing at the one Institute? I have a, I, I, I closed my uh, Atlanta office so that I could live in West Palm beach. So okay. I, I work here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, would they be able to go to your website and still maybe do a consultation with you? Yeah, um, absolutely. To, I have to, a, to I have a link on there for a 20 minute consult. So all they go to, they go to just my name, drrosscarter.com. So it's just D R R O S S C A R T E R.com. And then they can, they can schedule a time there. All right. I will make sure that is in the show notes for anybody listening. Um, sure. And then I guess, so, you know, as, as far as the stem cell therapy goes, and this kind of gets into uh, maybe your regenerative warrior podcast. Um, yeah, that's, where, that's why I have this up. That's my podcast. I'll yeah. change it to my office information. Oh, that, that, that's okay. Um, but, but kind of getting into that is, you know, the stem cell therapy on the regenerative warrior podcast you're talking about a lot of different health topics with a lot of um, great individuals who have uh, extensive background knowledge on a lot of different topics. I believe um, as of Mon- uh, yeah, as of Monday, when I was watching uh, on your YouTube channel, I think you were talking about, um, you know, male productive health. Um, and yep. does any of that, does any of the stem cell therapy have to do with that? Or does that just happen to be um, whoever is, is on talking kind of about their specialty. A lot of the, the topics that are the, the speakers are special, are people in the industry of some in regenerative medicine is the industry as a whole. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean they just do stem cells. They could do PRP or prolotherapy, or there's, there's a lot of other different types of regenerative style procedures, whether using a laser for it, or they're using, uh, um, shock, shock wave therapy for, for erectile dysfunction, for example, or other conditions. So a lot of the guests are in that, but I, I do keep it open to, to really educate on in optimum ways of health and wellness for the person. Um, so that, that's really that there's really two kind of shows that I have. One is for mainly for medical professionals, like it says here, but there's also a short show that I do that's uh, like a, a, a breaking news story that's a two-minute episode, and it talks about one thing. And I, I try to make it in an entertaining format so that it, it can educate the, the, the public. Uh, and I'm, 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 I started that uh, last year, but since COVID and all, I decided to, to pause that. But now I'm going to start back up on that show program again. And yeah, it's, it's just a quick educational 
um, two, two to three minute video at uh, teaching some advanced options in the health and wellness space. Um, and so getting into a little bit more of kind of what has made you so successful, you know, from a business practice wise, and, um, you know, we talk with a lot of different, um, you know, people in healthcare that not, aren't necessarily practicing physicians or practicing chiropractors or physical therapists, but um, they're kind of helping the, the healthcare industry run. And um, I'm really interested just because uh, it seems to me you're very successful in, in, in marketing your practice. And, um, you know, it, it seems like some, some of some people think that, you know, marketing and healthcare it's a little bit weird, but in the environment we're in, um, I, a lot of very good people that are trying to help uh, help patients out are just trying to give them the option. And kind of like we're doing now, it's more of a educational approach to a lot of things. Um, but I want to know kind of, you know, what do you think has made you so success, successful as an author, um, as kind of, a, I know you speak a lot. What, what do you think... Uh, you know, kind of gave you the impetus to, to start doing all of these things and start a podcast and write the books and um, get on stage and speak at a lot of these conventions? Is it just because you found something that you're so passionate about and want to educate? Or is it um, kind of just like a knack that you've always kind of had? Well, there's a combination. That's a, that's not a one answer question, but a lot of those things. Yes. Um, I like to educate. That's kind of my favorite thing to do. I like to teach people ways to help improve themselves. And so when I find something that works and that I feel makes a difference, then I like to tell people about it. So that's really what got me involved in, in all these things, my show, for example, and my books helped to really help with my credibility and my authority which was a really important step for me, especially when I first started it out, you know, because originally being a chiropractor talking about medical procedures is a, is a challenge. So I needed uh, authority and credibility. So I got my fellowships, I got my book out, I put, you know, so, so that people believed I knew what I was talking about. It was important. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, is there, is there anything that you believe that, um, you know, physicians or chiropractors or physical therapists or anybody that's uh, kind of practicing on patients, is there something that every one of those professions should be doing more of um, to kind of help the patient population? Or do you think that it's enough that some people like yourself are kind of fitting into that role of, of being that educator to the public um, and then others are just practicing? Or do you think that every physician, chiropractor, physical therapist has a responsibility to maybe do more of that, especially in the age of podcasts and YouTube channels and Facebook and TikTok with, you know, some of the misinformation that is out there. Look, in order to be successful as a medical provider of any kind, you've got to get attention. I mean, if you don't get attention, then they're going to go to the next person. And if you have, if you have a great service, a great product, things like that. It, it, even if, if people don't ever find out about it, you're not going to help anybody. You know, it is your duty and obligation to get the attention for what you do. If you have something that can help people, 
and change people's lives. So uh, there are many ways to do it, whether you do videos, whether you do podcasts, whether you speak on stage, whether you write your books, whatever it is, but you have to figure out the best way to talk to people that are your ideal client. How do you do that? I think one of the best ways is writing a book. It, 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 it lets people uh, into your life and your mind, your mindset. And uh, some people want to know that some people don't care. So you can also make videos where you're talking about what you do, like we do here, educate or talk about uh, topics and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of different things, but the goal here is to attract people's attention, make sure that they, they recognize you, see you. That's I think what you need. Do you, do you do any coaching? I know you wrote the, the, the million, multi-million dollar business card book and mm-hmm. um, obviously in there kind of doing some coaching to the, to the public who's going to read the book. But um, do you do any, any specific coaching to groups or specific people or is that something you, you like to do? Yeah, I do coaching. I do education. I, I'm like a CE doctor as well. So I'll, I'll do, you know, if you want to learn cell biology, that's one of my, my topics. Uh, that, you know, so you learn about cells because I learned a lot about that when I went to my fellowship. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely help people coach how to, how to educate the public on what they do, how to, you know, you have to sell with, with, uh, it's not authority, but you have to be with integrity. That's the thing. Make sure that you're you're doing what you say. Be have integrity when you talk about problems, and and really listen to to, to clients, which is really a important thing. When we're doing, I, I do I help people train with. Let's say they want to learn how to how to do a consultation and and get people interested in their services not in the office, but externally, I, you know, I walk people through the steps to do that. It's, it's really, it's something you have to practice and build rapport with them. And there's a lot of different steps to, to build that. So how do you take somebody from hello to, Hey, I'd like to talk to you more, uh, you know, or do some of your procedures or whatever. How do you do that? So I, I teach that on how to take somebody from hello, how are you? Nice to meet you at an event to, Hey, I'd like to come in and, 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 and learn more about your process, or I'd like to come in and do a procedure. How do you do that? You know, it's, it's not magic. It's just knowing how to properly communicate, which a lot of people just don't know how to do and being aware of who you're talking with and, and making sure you're, you're mirroring and matching and building rapport while you do these things. So with all of these things that you've got going on, the, the podcast, the YouTube channel, you know, I don't know how much support you have in terms of editing and doing all that stuff, um, the speaking engagements and, and practicing still, um, I guess, what, what, are, what are the next steps for, for you um, and what is kind of the next focus over the next few years and, and where do you want to grow? For me, what I want to do is I want to go back to speaking on stages. I did a, a tour in 2019 where I went to Europe and did a bunch of presentations there. I did some uh, in the U.S. based as well. So I want to go back and do those things and educate. Um, I've got exciting uh, kind of like where I've laser focused where I want to go with what I'm doing in terms of these uh, regenerative nanoparticles, which, which, which is like, what are those exactly? But 
they, they really, they're the active ingredients in say things like stem cells, for example, you remember those little bubbles I said that send the information. Well, that's what those are. Those are the, the blueprints, the messages. Those are the regenerative nanoparticles. They're growth factors. They're messenger RNA. There's micro RNA. They're proteins. Those are all different growth factors, things, regenerative uh, nanoparticles. They're very tiny um, that, that have an influence on the way your body functions. And my whole premise now is preventative maintenance, which sounds like really boring. Uh, I haven't figured out how to make it sexy yet, but <laughs> it's, it's all the, our bodies, we age, we develop conditions due to three major things. How we age is, is in three words is simply this. We have daily metabolism, our bodies and cells. It's really cellular are metabolizing every day to keep alive. Well, that metabolism leads to damage minor little damages over time. That minor damage eventually can develop into a pathology, which is a health problem, a condition that can lead to death. So that is really what aging is all about. What if we could stop the, where repair the damage before it becomes a pathology? And that's my, my, my preventative maintenance. We wanna go in there, use things that can find hidden damage, hidden damage, which is more important and repair it before it ever becomes a problem. And that's what these things can do. Um, and so just curious, like how are they harvesting those nanoparticles? Or is it just they're taking the stem cells, uh, using a centrifuge, getting those down and then certain chemical extraction or something like that? Depends on what, uh, where you, which kind of nanoparticles you're talking about. If, if you're using stem cell nanoparticles, because you can use amniotic fluid too. Sure. Uh, if you're using stem cell nanoparticles, there's several different ways. One is uh, the nanoparticles are, are excreted from the cell. So uh, what some laboratories do is take the stem cells, they grow them into a colony. They stimulate them to release their, their little nanoparticles. They collect those nanoparticles and concentrate them. And then we use that concentrate. Is that concentrate? Is that eventually going to be a line of product potentially, or is it is already, be, it is already. Okay. Um, and where can we find out more information about that? Or, or uh, you know, do you have any more information you can share on those? Yeah. If they go to my website, they can, you can learn all about the, the nanoparticles. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, well, is there anything else that we, we missed? I know you've, you've, you've got a lot going on and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Is there, is there anything else that, that I missed about you or any of your, uh, adventure or, uh, you know, ventures or anything like that? I mean, I've given you some basics, so <laughs> some, yeah. there's, there's hours and hours of other things, but, uh, I've given you some, some basics on the topics. Well, what I would recommend to our listeners is that you do go to your YouTube channel uh, and uh, at doc, uh, Dr. S. Carter is the YouTube channel, correct? Um, and then uh, it might be under Regenerative Warrior, but okay. if they type in my name, they should be able to find it'll it. come up. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. Well, Dr. Ross Carter, it was uh, wonderful to talk to you. It was an interesting conversation. And uh, I would uh, urge anybody that's interested to go to your website um, or any of your social media um, and find out more.
This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, an independent provider of comprehensive physical and occupational services. No matter how challenging your issues, if other treatments have failed, we are determined to help you heal starting with the very first visit. Four convenient locations in the Milwaukee area. More information at freedompt.com.